to the 20 Minutes of Filler podcast. I am your host, Jason Katarski, and I am here with a special guest, the one, the only, Davey Wagner Rock. What's going on, Davey? Awesome intro. I'm doing good, man. <laughs> good, good. Well, we are here. We're basking in the glow of a lot of hard work that we have done together to get a little game called Before the Earth Explodes Ready. Um, Davey is the graphic designer and illustrator on the new game from Green Couch Games that is currently on Kickstarter, and he's just a really cool dude with lots of passion about lots of things, so I thought it would be fun to have him on the show to get to know him a little bit and talk about some of that stuff. Does that sound cool to you, Davey? Sounds great. Talking about yourself, man, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I get 15 <laughs> seconds of fame here. Before we came on, I was like, I'm going to be a celebrity after this, right, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I guaranteed you riches and, and all the things yeah. that your heart desires, right? So, so no pressure, dude. Yeah, no pressure at all, right? Cool. Hey, um, so Davey, tell us a little bit about like who you are. Like, Where do you live? Uh, I live in hell, uh, Incorporated. <laughs> It's a little town called Alamogordo in New Mexico. Um, just Google it one day and you'll see what I've been dealing with. Right. The uh, summer has been very, very cruel to us this year. Um, so as I was working on Before the Earth Explodes, I was always kind of wishing it just would explode. <laughs> it's just like sweating and like, uh, but it seems like the worst is over. Monsoon's upon us, so uh, things are getting a little better. But yeah, I live in a little dust bowl. Uh, sort of disconnected from conventions and gamers and all of that. I just have one dude in this town, actually, that I play games with. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, rem- Aaron, shout out. Love you, brother. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time we talked, like, our phone call got cut off because there was a, a desert storm happening. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, cool. I live on Planet Dune. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. That's perfect. So that's uh, where all the inspiration came from the game, right? Yeah. So, like, you... um. You are a game designer, and you've you've run some Kickstarters yourself uh, for a line of games. Is that correct? Yeah, um, I'm the project manager, would-be game designer. I still am pretty wet behind the ears. Uh, I've only done two games, and I have a lot more learning to do before I'm going to start calling myself that. But um, I'm the project manager, sort of the thought mother brain of a lot of the ideas. But uh, it's actually Rudy. He's my partner and co-founder of Booyah Games, he's the one that skins it and puts it all to life. He, bring, he breathes so much life into everything. Um, and you can see my early design for our first game, uh, Neon City Rumble, on my DeviantArt account. You could see what it looked like. It looked like Crayola Crown compared to <laughs> what uh, Rudy was doing. And even, like I could say, I progressed a lot as an artist. I, I definitely learned a lot more and practiced more since then. But yeah, Rudy is like the other half, literally the other half of Booyah Games. And he's the illustrator for all that. So don't look at Neon City Rumble and think that's me. That's actually pretty <laughs> wild. Uh, very, very talented and skilled artist who works at Konami and Capcom and all these different uh, big name, you know, triple A list studios out there. So it's an honor and a privilege to have him, you know, as a friend working on games with me. But uh, yeah, we did Neon City Rumble in 2014 and then Pocket Neon City Rumble two years later. And uh, that's all we got. That's pretty much our babies. We just work on those and, and put a lot of time and effort into those small games, uh, kind of small games. that <laughs> take, They're very time-consuming, but we enjoy <laughs> them. They're very niche. Like, you have to, like, be into one, a couple things to really get into what we're doing there over at Booyah Games. So right. we, we always talk, we're the atlas of board games, or, but not that cool. 
<laughs> nice. Anyway, that's us. Thanks yeah, that's for the shout out. No, that's really cool. Like that's how I originally first came across you. I backed Pocket Neon City Rumble uh, because of Ryan Cowler's recommendation, which he is your 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 target market for sure. He's a video yes. game nerd and you know and a board game designer. So like uh, he was sharing your stuff. I'm like, oh, this looks cool, and they're a new new publisher. So I gave it a shot and backed that project. <laughs> and then uh, we became Facebook friends, and I saw some of the art you were posting and, and thought it would be a cool fit because I could somehow see your passion for science fiction stuff uh, which i like but like i'm not like a crazy science fiction gamer or really like i mean i like star wars and i like science fiction but like that's not like my hobby where i'm all in there's so much stuff that i haven't seen so i knew i wanted somebody on the team who got that stuff and uh, that came pretty clearly that, that you were into that stuff so you talk a little bit about that stuff like how um sci-fi in general has kind of influenced you as an artist or what are some things that have been like uh inspiring you with this project for before the earth explodes okay so uh when you and i first started talking about before the earth explodes we were going back and forth about you know uh the look you know one thing we wanted to do was yeah capture a little bit of what kimball's cascade was doing in its theme and art presentation but not just copy it and the same is true of flip ships, which was at that time just one or two images on board game geek. We didn't even know really what the game looked like, just the cover, but I, both of us fell in love with it and we were like, Oh my God, can we somehow merge the two? Like and have this retro feeling abstract looking game. So, uh, before I jumped in head first and you could see the original art, the original vision of this game on, uh, in fact, all of the videos that are on our Kickstarter right now, or Jason's Kickstarter, uh, for before the, before the Earth Explodes, and the art was quite different. And I'm still trying to figure things out. But, uh, yeah, for inspiration, um, I looked at uh, John Harris. He's one of my favorite artists of all time. You can just Google him, and you'll see his thumbprint all over my art. <laughs> I uh, This whole thing, I was super inspired by him. I look at him and just see what he was doing in his works and like the mood he was trying to capture and, and try to emulate that, but not copy it. I had to add, you know, our own flair. I also looked at um, Vincent DeFate and uh, he's new for me actually. So anyone who's really into sci-fi will probably be like, <gasps> never heart attack that I just said that. But yeah, Vincent DeFate is kind of a new artist for me. I didn't know much about him. I saw his works before, but I didn't, the name wasn't there. Now, would these, uh, would just, these guys be um, like people that like did novel covers or like where would yeah. you have like come across their art? Yeah, you would see them on, uh, you know, 60s, 70s and some 80s uh, sci-fi novel covers. Mostly I'd say in the 60s and 70s era. Uh, a few of these guys are still alive. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so it's 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 definitely a kind of a, a dead romantic language, I think. Uh, you don't see a lot of it nowadays um, for whatever reason. I mean, it is retro, and some people feel that that theme is like a dead horse that's been beaten five times and sent to hell and back. I just disagree. I think there's more to be brought from that, you, you know, rather than just, like, kind of shooing it off as, like, oh, it's just a, a fad kind of thing. If, if it wasn't coming back and if it wasn't popular, then uh, um, what's that thing called that's so popular right now? Stranger Things, that wouldn't be a thing <laughs> Right. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was, that. I mean, for me, like, I love that style of art. Like, when I see that stuff, it, um, it's always, like, this combination of, like, familiar 
but different. Like, you know, like, there's there's this glimpse of, like, you know, desert. But, like, what would it look like if there was a whole world of desert, say, 200 years in the future? And it, like, just, like, stirs the imagination in some in some major ways. So I've always appreciated just, like, looking up retro sci-fi stuff and just flipping around. Um, and then knowing that you kind of had, had a similar passion, or, I mean, a, a more extreme passion even for it, um, really meant a lot to me. And then I knew that we were on the right track when... Um, well, first of all, when you started showing me samples, but then also like we put some stuff out there. I started running a contest. Actually, everyone listening, we've got a contest going on over on the 20 minutes of filler Facebook group where we're giving away a copy of flip ships. And all you have to do is check out our campaign, talk about, uh, something funny about why the earth might explode. And then, uh, talk about what looks cool about the game. And you might win a chance of the unreleased, uh, uh, game flip ships with awesome art by uh, Quan Chai Mariah and with a game designed by Ken Klinko. But anyway, so people in that thread started talking about the art, the art, the art. That's what everybody loved about the yeah. campaign. And we, you know, we'd hear comments like, "Oh, it reminds me of Choose Your Own Adventure books. It reminds me of uh, retro sci-fi novels. It reminds me of Atari uh, uh, cartridges." And like, those are all the things we talked about when we started working on the art for this game. So that was, that was very exciting to me to, to kind of just have people really getting, getting that vision uh, through checking stuff out. It's very pleasing. And, and I love hearing that because I think, think those old Atari 2600 and uh, you know, the seventies and eighties arcades with the, you know, really bad at, oh, sorry, cool um, art decals on their bezels were just, they're magic. They're pure magic because the games themselves are really outmoded, especially by now. But even when they were coming out, technology was moving at a rapid rate. And these games, you know, just go from asteroids and then you have the vector-based asteroids, which is just stellar. It's just beautiful. Um, it looks like lasers flying all over the screen. It's like, but the games themselves were very simple. So they had to feel this promise to you as a, you know, a, a passerby that there's something really just some magic to be had from this really kind of simple and mundane game. Um, and I think they did that. They accomplished that with their uh, art, the graphic art on the, uh, on the boxes and all of that. It's, it's just pure magic. Nintendo did it too, Jason. I mean, if we look at those old NES boxes oh, sure. and there's so much like, oh, what is this? You know, you, you want to know more about it. And nowadays video game covers are like a dude standing and with his back turned to the audience, holding two swords and looking up. It's because they know the game is going to sell it off that character. But back in the day, uh, you didn't really have, I mean, there was Mario, there were a few mascot types, but you kind of had to sell the world and the feeling at large to, that was there for the game. And I love that. I love everything about that. That's why I spend so much in my hobby of retro gaming, because I, <laughs> as the internet calls it. So I love it. That's why I pay the extra $60 for the box, because it's just magic. Dude. That's all I could say about it without sounding like a total quack. <laughs> no, it's totally all, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's like and, and that t that t that it is a tangible thing. Like something you're holding. It's like looking at a a record jacket, you know? Like yeah. you're listening to this music which is like there's magic on that on that disc or on that record, but then you're holding this big piece of art that like invites you into that world and um it's yeah, it's it's magic as you said. It's very captivating. Um yeah, to, like oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say for a good um Comparison here, look at the uh, latest Tron movie that came out a few years ago. Look at the cover for that, and then look at the original Disney cover for Tron. Just check it out, man. 
That's so cool. <laughs> Imagine if they had done that, but with modern, um, you know, technology, modern digital art and graphic design practices that we use today. That right there is exactly what I was trying to do with Before the Exploits. Nice. The merging of the new with the old, rather than it just being, hey, it's a callback. One thing that I even talked to Rudy about with your game, as I said, I don't want it to have like the box to look damaged. I want this game to look like you had ordered it on eBay for like five hundred dollars, <laughs> and it's really old, and it would it like it could have came out back in those days. That was something I hope we accomplished, but I think your backers would be the one to say if that's true or not. For sure, for sure. That's cool to hear kind of like what went into it, where it came from, and, and kind of those goals behind the scenes. Tell me a little bit about your journey into gaming. Like, what does that look like for you? Have you have you been a gamer as long as you can remember? Yes. Uh, I, I started with video games, but it wasn't long. I'd say about eight years old when I got heavily into board games when I visited my cousin, uh, and he had HeroQuest and... Uh, crossbows and catapults and that changed my life dude i just after playing those i was like oh my god then i got dark tower and all these different games i got really heavily into it and uh the vcr games like dragon strike those are my jam i they're so corny and fun now but when i was a kid i hate to say it again but magic dude i was really into that stuff i was like oh my i thought the dm from the game master guy was real and he terrified me i had nightmares (laughs) with him That's that totally reminds me. Like as kids, like that was that was one of the games we had in our house. It wasn't Dragon Strike, but it was a it was a VHS like an Indiana Jones type of theme kind of a game. Um, And that I haven't really thought about that in a long time. But like totally like more hobby than your normal like Monopoly and Balderdash that we were playing most of the time when, when I was growing up. So like, and I remember thinking that was a pretty special game. Like fast forward and rewind and like yeah, oh that was that's cool. Amazing. Um, Dude, the Star Trek one. That, oh, enough said. The Star Trek, that's the best <laughs> PCR game ever. I saw it at the thrift store for like 200 bucks and I was very tempted uh, to get it, but oh, it was man. probably a good deal on it, but I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> Dude, do you yeah. still, do you still have your copy of Dark Tower? I do not. That's oh. the worst thing. Yeah. I, I wish I did because it's super expensive now. Right. Yeah. They're giving away one on the board game spotlight. Um, a Facebook group somehow. It's uh, James Hudson's group, and uh, oh, okay. and he's always finding ways to give away things that nobody can really afford. So he's he's <laughs> he's working some magic on his end. <laughs> have to check that out. Yeah. Um. Awesome. So, like, what are what are uh, let, let's talk a little bit about filler games because that's what the show mm-hmm. is all about. And I I thought about like maybe we could talk about some fillers that are either two player fillers, um, or like space fillers. So, do you have anything yeah. that like fits that bill that you that you really like? Yeah, I'm I'm probably kind of basic here, but I really like Star Realms, and uh, in fact, there's a Kickstarter campaign going on for that right now, and uh, I'm I'm probably going to go all in. <laughs> but I, I do like Star Realms. I love the art. Um, I love how colorful and crazy it is, and the gameplay is simple and fast enough. I can jump in and out of it with my girlfriend and her friends and my friends, and just it's just really easy to get into. But no, my favorite would probably be. Cell Swords by Level 99 Games. That's oh, my favorite. Yeah. That'd be like my favorite filler, which they have a new one coming out. And uh, I probably look like a crazy crackhead to 
Brad on his Twitter because I was like, oh my god, and I was like freaking out about it. I I really do. That's one of my favorite games. Actually. That's cool. Well, tell me a little bit about that one. I haven't played that one. I know I know level ninety nine. That totally makes sense that you would be into that company with like their retro <laughs> style of art. They do a lot of video games, art like anime yes. type stuff. Um, so what's what's Cell Swords all about? Okay, so Cell Swords. If you've ever played Final Fantasy VIII, it's kind of like that triple triad um, mini game that's in there. Uh, not to be confused with Tetra Triad from Final Fantasy IX. They're quite different. <laughs> they don't have the blocking, maybe a little bit of aspects of that. But yeah, it's a tile flipping game, and it kind of has this Final Fantasy tactics art to it all of, of different classes that do different things. It's really easy to teach, really easy to get into, but it's one of those games like Onitama that just has so much to offer in terms of strategy um, and tons of replayability. So yeah, I'm really stoked to play the, um, the new one. Oh, that's fantastic. That sounds sounds cool. I mean, that's that's my thing, right? Like, easy to get into, but the more you play it, there's more layers there. You can kind of grow into the game experience and, you know, play it on a deeper level every time you play. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. like, it's that Hearthstone mentality of, you know, deceptively simple. I love that. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's what, what we love on the 20 Minutes of Filler here. Um, one of the ones I was thinking about was a game that came out a few years ago, and it is called Gravwell. Have you ever played Gravwell? I actually haven't. No, okay. Gravwell is uh, a game that now um, Renegade is putting it out. It was originally a cryptozoic thing, and it's by Corey Young. Uh, I think it came out back in 2013. And it is a one-to-four-player game where... It's just a simple board that's a spiral, and you have these little spaceships. You start in a singularity, and you're trying to escape the singularity uh, and get to the uh, the warp gate or whatever. So it's it's kind of a race game where you draft some different cards, and all the cards have uh, numbers as well as letters that are different elements that you're using. And the, 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 the deal is that every ship, wherever it is, creates a grav well. So um, when you play your cards... Uh, you move in the order of the letter of the alphabet that's on the card, but then you have to move in the direction of the nearest ship. So you're going to play a card based on what turn order you want to go in, but then you get to move the number of spaces that are on that card. So you're trying to, like, it's a little bit of programming, a little bit of drafting, and simultaneous kind of action selection all at the same time. So everybody's choosing their card and revealing, and then you resolve in alphabetical order. Hey, that sounds a little bit like Before the Earth Explodes. No wonder I like this game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. But then you're moving around this this track, trying to get further and further away from the singularity and trying to leverage the other ships around you. So it's a neat little uh, little experience. Like, it's pretty quick, too. It takes 20, 35 minutes. Um... Uh, it's a good one to give a go if you haven't played it yet. And then, I'll be on the lookout for that. Yeah, and then uh, another one that I that I enjoy quite a bit, which is a little on the deeper end of things, um, is by uh, my buddy Scott Holmes, and it's Tiny Epic Galaxies. Mm-hmm. Uh, dice-based kind of civilization building, exploration, um, engine building. Uh, a really kind of meaty little game that still only takes, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. And there's, you know, all kinds of now it's super expandable now with their new ex- uh, expansions that Gamblin has put out. But, uh, and those are really two games that like, that for me kind of um, illustrate like what I like in a sci-fi game. I'm not a big sci-fi game guy at all. Um, but I like, I like the theme of, uh, tiny epic galaxies that you're kind of building and exploring and trying to build up these different tracks. It feels a bit like a Euro game in that sense with a, mm-hmm. with a sci-fi theme that has some attractive art. 
but it's not like real like battle shoot 'em up kind of tactical base like that. And then the light kind of like okay, here's the gravel sets the theme, sets the story, and kind of says here's here's what's happening. You know, you're trying to escape from the singularity, and you now play some cards. You know, so like very but but like still attractive, simplistic kind of minimalist art. Um, so that's kind of what drew me into those is like they're, they're really like different kinds of games that have these sci-fi themes on them. Something I already like, either super simple or Euro-y feeling with dice and. Uh, and those ones resonated with me quite a bit. So, I don't know. Have you played Tiny Epic Galaxies? Uh, yeah, once at PAX South. Um, I'm really terrible at it. But it reminded <laughs> me of um, Mule back in the back in the day. It, it felt like Mule, the board game, more than Mule, the actual board game, was. like. So I really liked the emphasis like on 4X, but with not so much, you know, I shoot you and kill you. Like, I really enjoyed the feeling of the expansion. I'm just terrible at it. I need to play more of it because <laughs> I think it's either I'm terrible at it or I happen to sit down with the like geek gods of this game because they knew everything inside and out. So I may have made the mistake of sitting down with some like serious experts. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> right. That, it, it certainly has a big fan base and people who play it mm-hmm. way more seriously than, than I do. Like I'm the type of gamer who likes to play games for the experience. And like, I'm, 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 I'm never good at games because I probably don't play the same ones enough to get good at them. I like to like explore new ideas. So I just want to like get a new game on the table and like tinker around and see how it goes. So what kind it's of game... research for us. <laughs> yeah, totally. So what kind of gamer are you like when it comes to tabletop games? Like if you would like categorize yourself, like what, what really gets you excited about a game? Well, it's, it's kind of hard. My friend Aaron is actually sort of expanding my uh, horizons with games. So I've been, I, I've mostly been a confrontational gamer. That's why before the earth explodes is kind of cool by me. Um, I do like head to head kind of combat, um, Bit that another reason why level 99 games is on my list. I have a lot of games. Um, I do, I'm very competitive at heart. I love to play fighting video games. So anything like that is great, but I've actually been kind of gravitating toward, um, co-op games. And, uh, my friend and I play a lot of Pathfinder. We completed our last set, um, Wrath of the Righteous last, or as I like to call it, Wrath of the Righteousness, you know, it's like, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> yeah, we we completed that last night. We we took on basically Satan at the end, and it felt really great. But um, no, uh, in terms of theme, something I'd like to see more of are games like uh, Machi Koro, and uh, I love Dice City. Um, even though none of my friends really care for it, they think it's kind of boring. I love it. I love the mechanics. It's such a chill little game. But yeah, I guess I I kind of really like city building games, which for a lot of people might consider kind of boring but i think there's a lot of room for growth in that that field uh suburbia games like that sure yeah, yeah. and those those are like quirky in their own way like machi koro mm-hmm. with its art style and <laughs> dice city too it feels like just like kind of like these they're different people taking stabs at like it's the sim city you know just like yes. that's, that, that's what we think about like building stuff makes us feel good so you know building yeah. buildings is a cool thing <laughs> yeah yeah that's why like i, I hate to bring up this game and cause any friction, but that's why I always kind of love Monopoly. I just like the way it looks and the feeling of it all. It's so classy looking, you know, and, and it's simple. And yeah, it's outdated, whatever. Um, I'm not even going to get into that, but I, I love the feeling of it. That's all I'm trying to say is right. the feeling of that 
it is good, right? If, if you feel I'm buying this, I'm building this up, but give me rent, punk, yeah, you know, and you're just yeah. like, it's a great feeling. And yeah, there's certainly better games that do it now. Um, yeah. But that, that totally scratches that itch. You, you start with something small and you grow it into something bigger and you can look back and say, look at what I have amassed. Yes. So that's 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 awesome. so true. Yeah, that's probably it. I like to look back and see what I completed in a game. Like Pathfinder does that because your deck's getting really bigger and bigger, more powerful. It's like Diablo kind of. Um, we're just getting stronger as you play. But yeah, like to be able to see your creation by the end of it, even if you lost, doesn't that feel cool? It's like I did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right on. Right yeah. on. Well, hey, what what do you think about like? Uh, could you recommend a couple other filler games that that really uh, resonate with you that come to mind? They don't have to be sci-fi um, or two-player. Yeah, it. In fact, uh, it's called Ravens of. I don't. It's a Japanese <laughs> name. Oh yeah, Ra- yeah. Just put Ravens card game. Beautiful presentation, such a cool puzzle to solve with another friend. Um, my friend Aaron and I loved it. We we were so addicted to it, and I would consider that a filler game. It takes it's meaty at first, like it takes a little bit of getting used to the mechanics and just figuring out. But man, talk about a game with a, a big story to tell and a lot in there. We also like Onirim or Onirim. I would oh, say yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I would say that's a really cool one. I love the dream feel of it all. Um, it, that's that's pretty much it. We've been getting in a little bit bigger games lately, but yeah, I'd say those two are very good games if you've never played them. Nice. And if you're a solo, Friday. And like, oh. I don't. I'm gonna sound like an art snob. I don't care for the art, but that's personal. It's not bad. I just don't care for it. But sure. man, what a game to play by yourself! Like, yeah. it's really something else. I didn't believe the hype at first, but now that I played it, I'm, okay, I'm all in. That is definitely a solid solo game. And the Ravens <laughs> game is the Ravens of three. Sahashri, which is spelled T H R E, and then space S H A S A H A S H R I, and that's put out in the U.S. by Osprey Games, um, and that's two players only, right? Yes, uh, one, and you play two different roles, so ah. it's something really interesting to be had there. Um, and who's playing uh, the girl versus the boy? It really matters, like. So I, Aaron had to take over the the girl because some of the decisions he makes are influencing yours, but you can't tell each other what's up. You can't plan like orally. You cannot say what you're doing. Oh wow! Okay. So you have to kind of figure it out. So he's he's the earth mover. I let him do all the hard thinking. I just kind of reacted, which is a lot easier for us. <laughs> but yeah, really good game. So what was that again? Ravens of Shul. Yeah, what what you said. <laughs> yeah, um, that reminds me of another game that I I played recently. It, it's called um, Hanamiko Hanamikoji, I think is what it is. It's from Quick Simple Fun, and it's a two player kind of Japanese um, game about attracting uh, certain geishas to your establishment, and you do that by um, with with different. I mean, the theme is pointless. Besides, they're really beautifully illustrated um, art. Uh, nice. I saw this on Dice Tower. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. It's, it has it has a little bit of the Lost Cities feel to it, uh, but there's more actions involved. About like you have four actions per turn. You can you can play a card to your thing. You can discard a card from your hand. You can um, let your 
opponent choose one of the two cards you put face up kind of a thing. So like there's more interaction between players besides just trying to play the next highest number. And then you're playing them to the different sides of these geishas and whoever has the majority on each side of the geisha gets to claim that geisha came to their establishment and whoever gets to like four first or a certain number of points wins the game. So it's a thinky, puzzly little little two-player game. Um, if you like Lost Cities, uh, then this is probably one that, that is worth uh, worth checking out. Um, and not sure if your viewers see this. This game is beautiful. Holy yeah. cow! Yeah, it really, it really is beautiful. It's, uh, it's a cute game. So, um, I don't, I don't know who the illustrator is because I, I don't see that on the. Uh, oh, here we go. Artist is. Oh, here's another name I can't pronounce. So let's try that. <laughs> um, May Shirley Chan, uh, and it's designed by Koda Nakayama. But really neat game. Um, check that out if you get a chance. So, Davey, uh, thanks a lot for, for chatting with me and kind of telling me a little bit about what went into uh, Before the Earth Explodes, um, which everybody out there, it is on Kickstarter now. We're really close to funding. We'd love for you to take a look at this great little game. It's designed by Daryl Andrews and Adrian Adamskew, who made uh, Sagrada and lots of other games. Uh, Davey did the wonderful art, so at least go uh, poke around on the page and check out his great work. Um and consider pledging, but where can people find more about what you're up to, Davey? Are you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I go by Davey Wagnerock across social media, so Davey, and then W-A-G-N-A-R-O-K, and yeah, just, you can look me up there. I'm a DeviantArt, same name, so uh, yeah, and Booyah Games for my uh, own little publishing company if you want to see what we're up to. So um, can you say that name yeah. of the, the publishing company again, slower? Yeah, uh, people usually call it Booyah Games. Okay, okay. B-O-O-Y-A-H games. Awesome. Very cool. That's great. Yeah, uh, definitely check out uh, Davey's DeviantArt. He he did some stuff for a heavy metal band on there that looks really cool that I also (laughs) liked a lot. Like, just really neat, stylized, uh, minimalist kind of stuff. So, um, thanks again, guys out there. uh, And, well, ladies, guys, gals, everyone. Check out the 20 Minutes of Filler group on Facebook. Get involved in the giveaway of Flip Ships. Check out Before the Earth Explodes. Uh, We'll be back soon with... uh, I'll share some thoughts about what's going on at Gen Con, which is uh, coming up in a couple weeks. I will be at with Green Couch Games. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jason Kotarski or at Green Couch Games. And until next time, get out there and play some great little games. See ya! (laughs) 